Mr. Flynn. <laughs> Mr. Holzer, how are you You're today? You're very prompt. Well, thank <laughs> you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Going down that dirt road. Welcome to Lake Placid, New York's Olympic Village. It's home of the 1932 and 1980 Winter Olympics. Welcome to the show. We are Lake Placid, brought to you by the Lake Placid News. I'm the editor, Andy Flynn, and we're celebrating all the people that make this one of the best places to live on Earth. Safe care right now. That's what you'll find at Adirondack Health. Many of you have delayed going to the doctor or the hospital during the pandemic, but at Adirondack Health, they've taken specific steps to increase your safety, like streamlining their check-in process, using high-tech disinfectant machines. Bottom line, Adirondack Health makes your safety their top priority. Learn more at adirondackhealth.org. That's adirondackhealth.org. It was a Tuesday, December 8th. I spoke with Roy Holzer. He's the town of Wilmington supervisor. And we talked about this crazy year during the coronavirus pandemic. He's had to put a lot of projects on hold just to deal with the crisis. So we talked about this year and hopes for the year ahead. Well, a year ago, I was like, you know, ready to hit the ground running on, on actually, I was uh, uh, soliciting people to serve on different committees like the Wilmington 2020 Task Force. This was a committee that would look at where we've been as a community, uh, where we are today and the direction we want to go uh, into the future. So it was it was going to be a, a very public attempt to get more people into the game, so to speak, to decide where we wanted to go as a community, whether it's tourism, you know, more uh, residential, maybe a combination of both. But uh, I think anytime, Andy, we can involve uh, people in their community. I think once you have more stakeholders and everyone looking towards a common goal, I think it comes out better. I think it's a better result. Yeah. And then on March, you know, in the middle of March, March 13th was like the bad day, but uh, middle of March, uh, everybody had to pivot and your goals, everybody's goals went to survival mode. And well, I actually, right? it, it, yeah. Well, in January, when, uh, before COVID really started kicking in, I had like new new supervisor training to do and things like that but i also had like i wanted to do a, a thing called wilmington homestead housing where we would develop uh, areas of town that would be devoted totally towards uh, locals that want to live here um it would be like mini subdivisions where we'd have uh, um, relaxed uh, zoning to allow people that could actually afford to live in their home community um, these little subdivisions wouldn't be wouldn't allow second home use or vacation rental use. It would be solely for the purpose of having your own place in your hometown. Um, and then there was just a lot of other other stuff, everything from youth programs to economic development to zoning, um, you know, you name it. But in March, that all got put by the wayside and it became, a, a, you know, a worldwide pandemic in, in the the rules of the game totally changed. For, for me, it was making sure everyone uh, kept their head about them. And here in Wilmington, I'm happy to say we did. We came together as a community. Um, at that time, uh, you probably remember, is I wanted to reassure our citizens that we had a great team of, of uh, public officials and staff that were ready to help the, the town 
go through the pandemic pandemic and that's why i started that wilmington way column um where we we would like talk about every employee in a, a specific way and and just kind of I did that in a sense I was trying to reassure people that we were all in it together and we were going to get through it. Yeah, and uh, you've you've done what a, a, some other town supervisors have done, Jay Rand in, in town North Elba, uh, sort of a you know a, a fireside chat once a week as as a uh, an update to everybody. Um, however, you know your report of the week, you know that sort of thing, yeah, um, to keep yeah. people informed. And you do that every week, but then you, you, you know, you've created this wonderful newsletter that gives you that gives um, town residents even more information about all sorts of things, whether it's food pantry stuff or or um, what's happening at the visitors bureau, what's happening at the historical society, things people really need to know, stuff about right. small and, businesses. And, yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about living in a small community, it brings us all together. And, and it's, I always, I'm always getting comments when we send the newsletter out, say, Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. I didn't know the library was doing that or the fire department or the visitors. So it's a great tool that brings all our town organizations together in one little publication. And, and it's, it's usually pretty well received. You've been doing that since you're a teenager though. Didn't you start your own paper? <laughs> yeah, so 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 when I was like 16, I started my own monthly newspaper because the real reason was, uh, you know, and I don't know how much you know my background, but I came from one of the poorest families here in town. My family goes back generations, but we've always been dirt, dirt, dirt poor. And back when I was growing up here in Wilmington, there was no jobs to be had, not for for teenagers i mean you could a uh, dishwashing job would be like fought for believe it or not back then so it was my way of creating my own my own job so i'd go around selling ads to all the local businesses that would pay for the printing and then we'd sell the the newspaper for 10 cents a copy and that's how i made and you know for a teenager i was actually doing quite well for uh you know and i didn't have to wash dishes yeah, but it's my, same... my my English and grammar <laughs> skills could have been uh, <laughs> uh, brushed up a little bit, but yeah. Well, you didn't have to fight anybody for a job. No, you just no your that's own. true. Very true. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it, it just seems like above and beyond being a public servant, you've always found the need to communicate to the public. And I'm just wondering where that need comes from and what... What, how is it inside you that you need to do that? Because I think it's important that it, local governments, especially, are as, as transparent as possible. And by getting the information out to people, it kind of it, it helps in communication and uh, keeps us all on the, the, the same the same page. You know, I, I'm a big one on information, 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 as you probably know. Um, I've done a lot with like communicating with the public and that's kind of where I'm at with it. And just think it's important to, to be transparent, let people know what you're working on. And as a result, you usually pick up a lot of good ideas from other people that, that read what you're doing. And they say, Oh, by the way, did you think of this? Well, no, but thanks for offering or yeah. bringing it up. Yeah. It gets, it's the dialogue. I mean, it, 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 that's right. And then people who don't do that, don't have that dialogue, I think, unless they're going out to, you know, shaking everybody's hands every, every day, you know, that's, right. 
But, right, um, right. But, but and, and, you know, the, the, yeah. the good thing about uh, communicating with the public, though, is they can choose whether they want to become involved or whether they want to, you know, seek out information or they can just put it aside. But it's we put it back in the public's uh, hands to decide how involved they want to be. The, as the mayor of Mayberry. <laughs> in Wilmington. You know, whenever um, I call yeah. it Mayberry, it's always an endearing thing. It's I know. never meant as, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Wilmington's a great place. That's why people are moving there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it, like you said, it's a it's a small town, um, neighbor helping neighbor. Is there anything during, I mean, the pandemic's been hard on a lot of people, not just health-wise, but, you know, uh, through economics, uh, people losing their jobs or being, you know, uh, laid off for a little bit. Um, there's there's definitely uh, deep down I have a lot of concerns about the economy, the local economy for for people that live here. Um, you know, I, I have a real concern about just as big of a concern about people, some people's mental health during all this. Um, we're social beings. I know I am. And and I know staying home's been um, <laughs> even tough on me. Um so, you know, I think it's it's not just a virus anymore. There's so many, many branches of this tree growing out that, you know, we're just trying to get ahead of it. Uh, other than, you know, uh, heading these big projects, what, how, given the pandemic and the, uh, all these different issues with, with uh, COVID, um, how, how do you see your job? Do you see your job differently now? Do you see it as helping people find jobs or getting food at the food pantry, getting clothes if they need it, that sort of thing? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, small town. Look, we're we're a town with a population of based on the last census, not the one they just did, but the one before that, um, the two thousand one. We're we're a town of twelve hundred and fifty three people, and you know, so when you talk about town board or uh, town supervisor, town board members, or public officials and stuff, we're not just elected officials. You're you're also people's neighbors, your their friends, and you end up being social worker, and you know, we're the ones that will respond it when the chips are down to help each other out. So I, I don't see it just being a, a, a political job, so to speak. Have you seen any hardship? Oh, any? yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and real real concern in people's eyes, uh, fear of the unknown. And, and again, that gets back to making sure the as much information we can get out to people and be as reassuring as we possibly can, Andy, is the, the key to getting through this. Well, it's it's a good thing that uh, you've got a lot of really nice holiday decorations, uh, colorful <laughs> we, we lights. You're home of Santa's workshop and yeah. Santa. I mean, that that's a way to lift spirits this time of year. It, it sure is. And you know, this this Friday night, I sent you the the uh, release on it. But yeah. this Friday night, we're doing uh, uh, Christmas present delivery to uh, every Wilmington youth's home, and Santa will be followed by an entourage of lit up. Uh, fire vehicles and floats and things of that nature and then at 7:15, we're going to be setting off fireworks in the town park where people can can observe them from our activities field on springfield road or pretty much anywhere in town the whole idea of the fireworks is trying to keep people physically and socially distant from each other though and do it responsibly so uh there's some some promising news out there with uh vaccines on the horizon uh, the United Kingdom started uh, vaccinating people this week. Uh, U.S. will be soon. Uh, they won't be that far behind. But looking into next year uh, for for Wilmington, what are your goals now? 
you know, other than survive? Well, they're getting, they're, they're getting back on track. So, you know, Wilmington, in a lot of ways, is a town in transition right now. When you think about it, we've had a new supervisor. We have a new highway superintendent. Our town clerk is going to be uh, retiring soon. And then we have a new codes officer. So those are like four main positions that we've had a, a lot of change in in a, in a small community like ours. My biggest goal would be get right back on the, the goals we set for the beginning of 2020. Um, we've even in spite of the, the pandemic, we've actually gotten a lot done. I mean, uh, we were able to move up to our new offices this year, um, which is more business like professional streamlined. It's handicap accessible. We're able to move things around in our, our government center. Um, so, you know, there's there's really some positive things happening as well, but definitely getting right back on to our, our goals of, of getting people together. Of course, a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do in, in networking with our residents, you need to do one on one. I mean, we certainly do the Zoom meetings and things. And if we have to, we will. Uh, but nothing beats a, a face to face meetings. Uh, what's um, one or two of your top priorities as we begin the new year? What What are those projects that were well? On hold? One of the biggest things I got to get going on is in 2021 or 22. Excuse me, Wilmington is 200 years old, so Ooh. we're partnering with uh, the Wilmington Historical Society, and we're going to really celebrate that in in big Mayberry fashion. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, we definitely want to get back into. Uh, the, uh, we need to discuss some land use codes. We've been working on short-term housing, rental regulations, uh, things like that is a prior priority going into next year. Normally what I do for my town board and members of the community is I'll, I'll physically write a list of my priorities. And then if any board members have anything, we jot them in uh, on the sheet. And if you came into my office right now, you'd see a big, oh, probably four-page paper stapled together, and as we're accomplishing stuff, it'll be crossed out and said, done, started, you know, or a big red mark on it saying, that ah, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but definitely uh, uh, want to get back on that. Uh, economic development, we have a couple. Uh, uh, that's going to be a big priority, not only for Wilmington, but the whole area. Uh, making sure that our, our mom and pops and the small independent businesses are able to survive um, the beginning of the year. Because I think, I actually think economically we're, we're probably be a little bit more challenged after the first of the year. Well, Roy Holzer, uh, Town of Wilmington Supervisor, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the public? Andy, it's always good talking with you, and I appreciate you spotlighting Wilmington. And if there's ever you or anyone that's listening to your podcast uh, has questions on our nice little community, feel free to to uh, contact us. Yeah, it's called We Are Lake Placid. That's the name of the podcast. But for this week, it's We Are Wilmington. We How's are that? Wilmington. I, I like that. We are Wilmington. <laughs> I'm always rooting for the underdog when somebody tries to say white, you know, white faces in Lake Placid. Uh, it's not. It's not, folks. It's in Wilmington. Yeah. It, <laughs> right? And you know what? As we're getting into the winter roads and stuff and people that are coming here after they realize that they, they think they're staying at the mountain, but they're traveling 10 miles in the Wilmington Notch during a snowstorm. 
they end up staying in our town <laughs> their next trip. <laughs> welcome so, to Wilmington. Welcome yes. to Wilmington. Hey, thank you, Andy. Go downhill. For more on this story and the latest news in sports from New York's Olympic region, check out the Lake Placid News. We're on stands now. Or, if you insist, check us out online at www.lakeplacidnews.com. Special thanks to Dan Berggren for providing our music. Learn more about Dan and his fascinating story, a life in radio, education, and folk music at berggrenfolk.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Flynn, editor at the Lake Placid News. We are Lake Placid. Mm-hmm.